hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. I hope you've had a really, really good week. Hope you've been doing some great stuff, kicking butt, you know, and doing those things that you really want to do. Don't hold them off because life's too short. It seriously is. And we're going to hear about that today, by the way. But please get into your thing and really, really love what you do in life. And I really want to appreciate you guys for kicking about too and supporting this and following on my journey. It's really, really important to me. So I want to introduce you to today's guest, Katrina Bart. So Katrina is an out-of-the-box clairvoyant medium, multiple times award-winning author, inspirational speaker, teacher and thought leader. She has a passion for helping people deal with death, dying and grief, both nationally and internationally. Through her work, she deals with the passing of loved ones on a daily basis. Her aim is to help people get over fear and awkwardness about speaking about death, whether this is through her book, Speaking Arrangements, writing or social media and it is a very heavy topic death but it's one that we do all need to um you know get a grip on and and have a look at so we will talk about that today she's authored four books having won an international book award for her inspirational biography christian to clairvoyant yes that sounds interesting and we'll hear about that and five international book awards for where did they go which is a children's book explaining what happens to loved ones when they die Katrina spent over 30 years in the Seventh-day Adventist church when life sent her a curveball and she realized she was a clairvoyant. Wow. So began the challenge of overcoming years of indoctrination to follow her soul's journey. Well, actually her soul's destiny, if you want to put it that way. She will openly tell you she's a touch of OCD and is addicted to Pinterest always looking at things she doesn't have time to make. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? And she loves to buck the system and do things her way. So uh, the kind of guest I really like. So let's hear about all the cool things she's doing. Welcome, Katrina. Hey, how are you? I am pretty amazing, aren't I? (laughs) I love it when you hear somebody actually like say, oh, this is all you've accomplished or there you go. I'm good. <laughs> and you know what? It's so true. I hear it too. I go and do talks and, you know, somebody introduces me and I think, did I really do all that? It's, it's, it's really, really good. I, I do like to do good um, introductions, but today I'm a bit, little bit tongue-tied. I've got, <laughs> got a few little bugs in my mouth or something. I hope it's, <laughs> hope it's not the coronavirus bugs, but, you know, oh, it's... <laughs> Uh, no, it's a very, well. It's a very interesting um, intro. I was th- as I was reading it, I kept putting my own little bits in it, thinking, "Oh my God, you know what an exciting little journey." But um, and particularly, you know, I've seen a lot of 
clairvoyance in my time and mm. it's uh it's an interesting vi- I really like it I really love this um aspect of life and well and death which you're going to talk about so mm. but um what about just to start with tell us about because we've talked about your, your seventh day adventist in there and a book christian to clairvoyance so it all sounds a little bit sort of heavy but interesting do you know and it's got yes. very very catalytic and that kind of stuff so tell us the story and the journey that led you to discovering your clairvoyant talents sure it's I'll, i will condense it for you so <laughs> i don't so people don't start snoring um so yeah i was brought up in the seventh day adventist church so my grandfather my paternal grandfather was a minister in the church and my maternal grandfather was an elder which is one step down from actually going off and studying to be a minister so very high level do you mean like it wasn't just oh we went to church actually it was full on my parents moved to Perth before I was born they adopted me and then my parents divorced when I was five we moved back to Wagga which is central New South Wales and lived very very strictly from that moment on when my parents were in Perth it wasn't too strict but I was also very young so it was like church all the time. So I went to a church primary school. I went to a church high school. Yeah. Um, it's very seclusive. Like, do you mean like you really don't associate with people outside the church? Mm. So I, I wouldn't say it's a cult because you can actually leave it. You know, they're not like some religions like Jehovah Witnesses that if you leave, you are not allowed to speak to your family and, and yeah. things like that. So it's not, it's not that sort of way. But it is very strict. And, of course, way back when I was mm. a child, like, you know, I carried my shoes to school because it was, you know, the only pair I had. When it, it was actually, we couldn't do anything on a Saturday. So our Sabbath is the same as the Jews, Friday night to Saturday night. And you no TV, no radio, no nothing. Yeah. And did all that through my primary school years. Um, during that time, my mother married a diagnosed schizophrenic, but we didn't know it. Uh, mm. Two years of hell, divorced him. We moved to Sydney. Mum married another gentleman who is still my stepfather today, but was even more strict with religious. He was actually brought up a Reformed Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, so wow. a Reformed Seventh-day Adventist thinks that Seventh-day Adventists are sinners. <laughs> so, oh, so it was like, wow. wow. So through high school, I had no TV. We, we didn't have a TV in the house. Um, not allowed to go to the movies, no makeup, no jewellery. And, and again, not really associating with anyone who was not within the church so I was always a very good girl I never rebelled against it do you mean it was I was always a good girl you know I married a you know a boy in the church and we had a baby and um I got divorced that is the beginning of the end so to speak for me um it really opened my eyes not once was I asked why I left my husband wow but I was kicked out because I divorced him and and I, I met somebody else, and so therefore I was living in sin. And but yeah, you know, my my ex husband wasn't going to church and hadn't been to church for years. Mm. However, I had gone religiously every week, taking our son and all that sort of stuff. But I was the one who was actually kicked out of the church. Wow! And that was really, I have to say, that was a really really difficult thing. So it's like kind of like being kicked out of your family when mm. you actually weren't expecting to be kicked out of your family if that makes sense yeah, like it's not yeah. like I had a big falling out with anybody and I really struggled with it and Chris my husband now you know he's very supportive he's not he's not religious at all uh, and he would be like you know and I'd be I'd be crying going oh my god you know it was just awful it was heartbreaking for me because like I said it's like you've lost this mm. part of you that you go okay well, what do I do and in the process 
you know, um, Alex was growing up, went to school, made friends with your kids, you know, friends' parents and all that sort of stuff. That's how what we do is we're, when we're parents. And this particular lady, she was right into like tarot cards and everything. And I was just, no way, they're the devil's work. <laughs> Yeah, and I suppose I still had like 30 years of indoctrination of what was good and what was bad was still there and it really, it's a difficult thing to get your head around, like homosexuality is wrong, you know, tarot cards are wrong, all this, whereas I've got a complete flip around on everything these days. Mm. I've really opened my eyes up to, you know, the rights and wrongs, I suppose. But she encouraged me to, you know, get tarot cards and I went and bought a pack of tarot cards and this is hilarious and they sat in my cupboard for two years and I didn't open them because I was too scared to. (laughs) (laughs) To me, like, I don't know what I quite expected them to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and it's just like, and I had no real idea. All I knew was the devil's work. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I joke about now. I said, if I used to be an Adventist and now do the devil's work. <laughs> and, you know, and it sort of a slowly sort of started, I don't know, reading. I, I, I'm a big reader. I, I, I absorb and absorb. And so I sort of started reading things and, and stories on the Bible and how it's been put together to manipulate the people as mm. opposed to me, like, and, open, and sort of realising these things going, oh, wow, they you know, obviously don't tell you that stuff. And in the process of, of years, and, and I would say five or six years by this stage, um, my friend actually said to me, I've heard there's this really great clairvoyant. She's on the northern beaches in Sydney. Do you want to go? I was like, again, it's devil's work stuff. So I went, oh, okay, you know, I was more kind of open to it but not fully open to it. So at that stage I was living in Newcastle. Um, so I drove down to Sydney, which is two hours, met her. We jumped in her, my friend's car and we drove to see this clairvoyant. So I had my reading first and my friend was in another room and then we swapped. But it got to the end of my reading and this clairvoyant said to me, she goes, you know you're clairvoyant. And I went, no, no, I don't think so. And she goes, no, no, you are. And I went, no, no, I don't think so. And she said, you will be greater than I will ever be. Wow. And I went, and I was sort of looking at it thinking like, you're a bit effing weird lady. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think so. And she said, look, I want to show you how it works. So she goes, I'm going to ask you some questions about myself. I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to spit out the first thing that comes to you. That's all it is. Yep. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to. Because that's like a test. I don't like tests. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, she goes, no, no, just, just whatever. So she goes, what did I used to do for a living? I went, you're a counsellor. She goes, who did I counsel? I said, oh, drug addicts and prisoners. And she goes, what did my childhood home look like? I said, it was a white weatherboard on the beach, like right near the beach. And, and she asked me all these questions and I got them all right. Wow. Now, I'd never met this woman before in my life. And she goes, you answered them all right. And I was just like, oh, dear. <laughs> you know, like that's a little bit freaky, isn't it? And she actually said to me, look, go to the spiritualist church in Newcastle and just start meditating and just start growing and accepting it. Yeah, and just sort of start sort of getting into it and you'll develop it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, my friend had her reading when we got back in the car. She sort of said, oh. What did you think of your reading? Because my friend is a shopper of clairvoyance. The good ones are the ones that tell her what she wants to hear. Yeah. Okay. Like she's that sort of person. Yeah, yeah. And I said to her, and I know she's always wanted to be a clairvoyant and she's just not. She's a healer, but she's not like a clairvoyant. And I said to her, and I turned to her, I'm a clairvoyant. And she was like, no, that's so unfair. (laughs) And so from that point on, I, I think it took me about a year to pluck up the courage to actually go 
to the spiritualist church because again I wasn't sure if they you know sacrificed goats and drank their blood yeah to me like because I had all these weird images in my head and I ended up ringing the, the church and, the, and this particular lady sweet lady she's passed away now answered and I said to her look can you just tell me what you do in the church like I I just I've got no concept I was brought up a seventh-day Adventist and she went oh you poor darling <laughs> So funny. And she, she'd say, like, we'll just sing some songs and da-da-da. So I started going to the church. And it was nice because I grew up with churches. Do you mean? Like, so it was nice just to sing songs and all that sort of thing. And then I started going to their meditation classes and, you know, people gave me sort of books to read, like you might find this inspirational or this help you on your journey sort of thing. And then lots and lots of weird things started to happen and, it, and in a way, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But otherwise, it was just like, okay, so this, that's what it is. So, for instance, when my husband and I wake up in the morning, we always go, what did you dream? And we still do it. We've been met, we're together like 25 years this year. We still go, what did you dream? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he was to travel um, about three hours west. He was going to Tamworth. And I would said to him, oh, I had a really bad dream. And he went, what? And I went, I dreamt you, you were – you was just over the speed limit in your in your ute and you know i said this truck was coming the other way and it lost control and you were killed oh and he was just like <laughs> because it, you know as these things had sort of started to open he was quite open to this sort of happening and he went oh anyway i went off to work i was a personal assistant to the editor of the newcastle herald at the time and about lunchtime he rang me up and he goes you and your effing dreams. <laughs> and I went, what? What do you mean? Because I'd forgotten all about it. And he goes, I've been sitting 10K under the speed limit because of what you said. He oh. goes, I've just witnessed a truck cross the road and smash into a car. Oh, no. Which is where he would have been if he was doing this. Do you mean like doing the faster yeah. speed? And I was just like, oh, that's a little bit freaky. <laughs> you know, like, and then, you know, other times I'd be sitting there going, I can smell sawdust. And I'd ring him up and go, are you on a building site with sawdust? And he goes, yeah. And I could smell it. Wow. Yeah, and then I had my bed lift up off the ground and rock like it was on an ocean. Wow. One time. Yeah, it was just, so all these like sort of really freaky kind of things happened. And I just kept sort of trying to open up, you know, like, you know, doing my chakra balancing and trying to focus on my third eye and all that sort of stuff. And it's really funny. In the end, I was kind of doing it and not doing it, if that makes yeah, sense. So yeah. it wasn't like I had this inadvertent commas business. And I was still working as a, you know, executive assistant, personal assistant, and I've never, ever, ever in my life had a problem getting a job. Do you mean? Like when yeah, I apply yeah. for a job, yep. I'll get it every single time. Anyway, I applied for this job with uh, the University of Newcastle and I got it and I burst into tears when I got it and I said to my husband, I got the job and I was crying because I didn't really want the job but <laughs> I, I had to go and do the job sort of thing and I said, and I'd said to them, I want more money. It's not enough money, you know, and, and you know, government jobs, they don't do that. They rang me back 15 minutes later and said, we'll give you more money. Wow. And I, and I just went, no, I want more than what they've offered because I want to take travel, paying parking, all that sort of yep. stuff. And I thought, I've, I've got out of it. And they rang me back and said, they'll give it to you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I said, okay. And I was crying, going, oh, my gosh, I've got to start this job on Monday. I can't do this. Anyway, Chris rang them up the next day and went, sorry, my wife's not going to work for you. She's working for me. Oh. And he could, he and actually said to me that, and I'm kind of goes, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. You're a clairvoyant. That's what you're supposed to be doing. He rang him up and said that. Nah. And so what I actually did was I actually went and worked on a building site as a labourer. I'd like ran a site. It was hilarious. And 
in that again developing more and sort of having my own business on the side and just sort of starting that up and and you know doing that and that's literally boom boom how it happened wow god there's some twists and turns in there isn't there is some huge and but literally that was a period of like 10 years wow that all of that because like i said trying to get rid of that indoctrination Mm. of what's right and wrong is really really hard and if somebody hasn't been in that strict kind of religious upbringing they don't get it they'll Mm. just go well why don't you just walk away yeah but you can't because the guilt yeah the guilt that you have Mm. that you're doing something wrong you know that you've been told for 30 years is wrong and all of a sudden you go "Oh, oh my gosh this is what i'm doing but you know i realized looking back things that have happened to me that obviously were clairvoyant things, but I just say, oh, that's my guardian angel or mm. I was always the person that people would ring up to ask for advice yep. because I could just give them this information that was just outside the square. And, it, yeah, it was just bizarre. Wow. What do, you, what do you think now about, you know, like let's say for your personal energy, you know, when you were in the church, your personal energy, you know, like if you had conflict or how you felt, or, you know, if you're comfortable compared to your energy now, what's, I'm sure you're going to tell me now, it's fantastic. Well, it is fantastic. It's it's also, I think, there, and apart from all the other stuff that I will talk about, you know, that I've been through as well, but I think it's that feeling, it is actually a sense of freedom that I have now because I do what I know is right or wrong within myself, like within my heart, what my soul tells me Mm. is okay and what is not okay. You know, it's like what we were talking about, you know, before we started the recording. And it's I'm living my life on my terms as opposed to trying to fit into their box. Yep. Yep. You know, and feeling guilty because I got my ears pierced and you're not supposed to wear jewellery. It's So there's this sense of that's why I can play. It's like this weight has been lifted off me and I have this sense of freedom to live my life the way I should be living it. Well, it's, I can feel it. It's really just that, that freedom is so, so good. It's, uh, I've just done a, you know, a couple of sessions about, um, oh, just personal development stuff, you know, and I'm going to be doing a, a big program soon. And, and, and the word that kept coming up for me was freedom, you know, and just, and even hearing you say it, you know, it's just, it's um, got such a, a, a lovely, lovely vibe to it you know it's just it does and people don't realize until you've you're experiencing that freedom you don't realize how restricted you've been Mm. and how restricted we make ourselves like often we're the one that's restricting ourselves do you you know yes um, absolutely we're we're bowing to society's rules or whatever you know and and mm. we don't allow ourselves to speak our minds for fear of what people will say or you know how we live our life is the way society dictates we should live it. Like Chris and I lived in Newcastle, moved to the Gold Coast in October last year. And I had so many people that said, oh, but what if you won't like it? I went, well, then we'll sell and move. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like but yeah. this whole, oh, you can't do that. What if we might not like it? But what if we love it? That's right. That, that's the other side of it. Where everyone's, mm. what if the bad thing? What if the bad thing? Yeah. But very few people say, well, what if the good thing? Yeah, you know, and, it, it, and I said, what if, but what if we love it? And you know, we love it. We love yeah. where we live. We're going, oh, don't regret this for a moment. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. <laughs> and and I was about to ask you, you know, that you, you're taking your message to the stage, you know, you're sharing it to empower women. But before we do that, what about if, um, you, just so that people might not think that's a big story, well, I think it is, but there's a whole 
other side to all this as well, isn't there? Mm. You know, that, so do you want to share that? Because then we can get the whole big picture and then talk about you taking it to stay to the stage and why it's empowering women or how it's empowering women. Absolutely. So it's about four, probably five years ago now, um, I went through a very dark period in my life. I uh, suffered very bad depression and I was suicidal. And I stay at this point, if anybody's in that space, you ring and seek professional help. That's the first thing I, you, you know, you've got to say to people. And I went through that period for two and a half years. For two and a half years, wanting to end my life every single day, fighting, mm. fighting it, you know. And it is, it is the hardest thing to explain to somebody who has not experienced it. Yeah. You know, and before I had ever experienced, you know, be like, well, just start thinking, you know, positive thoughts, you'll get through it. And it's like, it's just not that easy. Mm. You, your brain is such a powerful thing yeah. that it can just override everything else. Mm. And, you know, it was, I saw a counsellor, you know, I went and saw a psychologist and again, read, I read and I read and I suffered severe anxiety, like I, you know, wanted to be vomiting. To, and, and, and anyone who suffers anxiety knows, you know, you're doing the food shopping and all of a sudden you freak out or, you know, mm. you just type in an email or, and things like that. And so, you know, I'd read up on anxiety and, and I read up on, um, you know, depression and everything. But, but a part of that was also is my self-esteem had plummeted to zero or into the minuses even. And so, you know, I again read on self-esteem and, and what you need to do and, from all the things that I read and researched, I took what felt comfortable for me in the process, always seeing a psychologist. Mm. But I just started doing things like for my anxiety, when I started to feel that build, I would just stop and take a few deep breaths and then just say to my brain, thank you for looking after me, but now is not the right time to panic. Mm, do you mean? And just doing yeah. these little things to just start to retrain my brain because in essence, anxiety is just the fight or flight response going haywire. Mm. And we need our fight and flight response. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. So you're yeah. not trying to get rid of it. You just sort of say, thank you for caring, but mm. it's okay. I've got control of this. It's, it's okay. Yeah. And so I started doing that. And with my depression, I, you know, I, every single day, a hundred times a day, I'd be going, I'm happy. I'm okay. I've got this. Mm. I'm okay and even though you know I was in my depths of despair and it sounds stupid but I literally it's like I had to say that every day for a mantra for like a year mm. wow. and you know I had actually planned my suicide I knew exactly what I was going to do and I kept just going no, I'm okay I've got this and you know I think about I couldn't do this to my son I've only got one child and his father stopped having any contact with him when he was like 12, 13, which was just awful for him. And I thought, mm. I can't do this to him. I can't, you know, yeah. so there was this little bit that sort of I tried to cling to these little bits that would keep me thinking sanely, I suppose. And the, the weirdest thing of all is my psychologist went to me, how are you working as a clairvoyant through all this? <laughs> and I went, it's actually my saving grace because when I'm doing readings, I have to shut off my brain to that that mm. monkey mind that's constantly going, oh, you're useless and you're worthless and you don't deserve anything, you don't deserve happiness, you should just kill yourself. You know, all these things that are going, I have to actually shut that off to focus on getting messages. Mm. So it actually gave me a break. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and through that, and then one day, like I said, probably about two and a half years, you know, into, you know, this, and, and I sat there and I was on the lounge and I'm going, I'm okay, I'm happy, I've got this. 
and I stopped. I thought, oh, my gosh, I actually do feel a bit better. Wow. I actually can feel it lifting. You know, again, getting that lightness and that freedom. And I went, okay, I'm, I'm not on the other side now and I've just got to keep at this. And so I continued to do that until it's just like one day I said to my husband, I went, I'm good. And he goes, I know I can see it in your eyes. You're really happy. Oh, wow. Yeah, he goes, you, you, when you smile now, you're smiling from your eyes. And yeah, and so, you know, it was this huge journey, but it made me realise through all of that how society controls and dictates, especially to women. I know it happens to men as well, but Mm. the whole low self-esteem and all of those sorts of things, it's like I say to people, the beauty industry is not the beauty industry. The beauty industry is there to make you feel uh, ugly Ugly. and not good enough and that we need to embrace who we are. Mm. and you know I did a talk with um a, a feminist and I'm a feminist you know and I did a talk with this this feminist and you know I said to her I have no issue if a woman wants to go and have breast implants or her lips done or whatever mm. you know, if she wants, that's her freedom she's got that choice but my issue is why does she feel she needs that mm. yeah and I think for so much in regards to life you know, and, and like you said, you know, you, you get up there on the stage and you're inspiring people and everything. But if people don't believe in themselves, they're mm. not going to get anywhere. No, that's that's right. You know, and I think it's that thing of, of making, you know, like I said, especially women realise that all these fads that come and go, do you mean, like in the beauty mm. industry is literally to make money out of us. So they will constantly make you feel like yeah. you're not good enough because you haven't got a great big bottom or or what, you know, like, like whatever it is, or you've got to have big pouty lips or whatever the latest fad is. And I said, and if you think you need that to look beautiful, that's the problem. They've won. Mm. And the problem with that is too that some of these fads uh, can result in you taking permanent action. Yes. You know, and then then it's not a fad anymore. And no. You've got ridiculous Botox, well, not that Botox is permanent, but you know what I mean. Facials, got, if you have a, fa- yeah. a, a facelift or you have <clears throat> yep. your boobs done or your butt injected or, you know, lifted or, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just stuff I, that can't be undone, you know. That's and it. It's and very, it's just sad. And I just think I know. we are all so beautiful in our own way. And one of the things I did learn about in, in that journey was that, Low self-esteem, when you have low self-esteem, you'll run down other people. You'll run down other women. You'll you know, mm. make negative comments like, oh, yeah. oh, my gosh, look how big her butt is in those pants or whatever. Do you mean? Like, and mm. that's like, so I flipped. And so every time I started to have a thought like that, I would change it and go, aren't they fantastic that mm. they've got confidence to go out and be them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I actually I then started, and then I actually started walking up to a complete strange woman, going, "I think you have got the best butt I've ever seen." <laughs> you know, and I just, <laughs> I just give these random comments, and you just see them sort of look at you, and they go, "Oh, thank you," you know. <laughs> and then, but again, that's and when you start building up other people, you're actually building up yourself. You, you absolutely agree, and then it's and. But even, and you'll know this for sure, you know, it's even in your energy, you've only got to think that thought and you mm. make someone feel terrible. Do you, yes. You know, so I'm often looking at people and, you know, the, the people that would normally be judged, you know, like, yes. uh, and I and I go, oh, my God, good on her. Good yeah. on her. You know, I don't know how she does Absolutely. it, but good on her. I know. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, like, like I said, you know, I, will, I am not a tattoo person. I don't like tattoos. However, I will compliment someone if I think it's a damn good tattoo. Yeah. Do you I've know what I mean? I would I've never have tats. one myself. Yeah, I, I would never have one. It's just not me. But I can appreciate the artwork in a good yeah. tattoo and yeah. I will actually compliment. And and like I said, 
building up other people, it's it really does lift your own energy yes. so hugely. And then you have, like I said, you have more confidence in yourself and the more you give it, the more you feel it and it's just this beautiful, it's a really good cycle to be in. It's a great cycle. And it's just getting over that first initial fear of rejection. You know, if, yeah. if I say something to somebody, they're going to say, oh, what the hell? And they're going to yeah. reject me and, yeah. and then so therefore I won't say it. But once you say it a few times, you start noticing, oh, Actually, I'm not getting rejected. This is this is quite good. People feel good. I feel good. I know it's a lovely cycle. And oh, yeah, it is. It's beautiful to be in. And speaking of you know coming out the other end, you sort of uh, almost catapulted out of the other end yes. uh, into something <laughs> something that nobody would even think. Go and share it. I do pole dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm addicted. I actually had a class, two classes today. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And the reason I got into it is, again, through that whole, that coming out the other side, I started to push my own boundaries. I sat down and instead of sitting there, you know, we have our bucket list, all of these things I want to do, I actually made a list of all the things I didn't want to do. Oh, good idea. All the things I yep. was fearful of. So when we're in Vietnam, I had a big python draped over my neck. Ooh. And I just stood there and was awed by the power in this snake mm. but i'm terrified of snakes do you know what I mean but i did that yeah yeah i've done the done the big canyon swing in new zealand you know 100 140 foot drop or something like it's just because i've got a fear of heights yeah, and as I did the fall, I just felt the wind blowing. Do you mean I just felt this feeling? And I did a boudoir photo shot, like a nude one, um, because my husband wanted that. And, so, and now the picture, I've got this big damn picture that is in our hallway. So people walk in and go, oh, all right, then there's Katrina's butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and but that was like terrifying for me to take my clothes off. In, you know, Chris was with me when yeah. I had it done because I actually say bring your partner, but I didn't feel it empowering at the time. If I did it now, I'd be probably going, yeah, dude, full frontals are fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's completely. And another thing that I took up was pole dancing. Now, I being an Adventist, I never played a sport because you, all sports are on Saturdays and you can't play sport on Saturday. So I never ever did anything like that. Yeah, yeah. but I had always been fascinated by what I would assume they have to be fairly strong to be able to do those moves. Like I never wanted to be a stripper and I have nothing against strippers, but I just thought I'm going to give it a go. And I happened to be on Facebook and an advert like came up or a friend had liked this particular studio that was nearby. And I went, I'm signing up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just doing it. So I signed up for the beginners class. I was obviously a stripper in a past life <laughs> because I took to it like a fish out of like fish to water. I, I was just, Oh, my gosh. I was so in love with this pole dancing. It's just hilarious. <laughs> wow. And you would have to be strong. Like I've, I've often looked at, you know, the way people grip their legs around and just hang off. Oh, I can thought. hold myself upside down with two hands. That's all that's on the pole is two hands. Look, I have to say the thing, and again, it's that self-esteem thing. I've had so many because I share that, you know, if any of your listeners, you know, want to check out my Instagram page or whatever, you know, you'll see my pole dancing on there. And people go, Oh, wow, that would be so hard to do. Well, yes, as a beginner, I couldn't do that. I've been doing it for four years now, mm. you know. And but, but so many people will just sort of go, I'm not strong enough to do that. No, you're not probably at the moment, but you will get there. Like that's the point of yeah. doing it. I said, you don't just go and run a marathon. You work up to it. That's exactly right. Yeah. And But it is, it is very, very empowering for women. Seriously, I cannot recommend it highly enough because – 
I know, and I know people go, oh, but, you know, I'm a bit fat and, you know, mm. oh, don't, and you've got to wear skimpy clothes. Well, yes, you do have to wear skimpy clothes because you need skin to stick to the pole. That's how you stay on the pole <laughs> is with your skin. Like if you've got clothes on, you just got to slide off, <laughs> you know. But when you're in this room with, say, 10 other women who are, and you look around and go, we are all different ages, we're different shapes, yeah. we're different sizes, and it doesn't matter because what matters is how strong you are and can you do the move. No one judges anybody. Like, I seriously, no one, I have never, ever, ever heard anybody in a pole dancing class go, wow, you're a bit fat to be doing this. Yeah, we don't. We're like, come on, you can do this. You can lift yourself up. Come on, you know, and it's the most empowering thing because you just think it is that we have all these, you know, T-shirts and stuff that you can buy. It's like, you know, strong is the new sexy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it is, it's about being strong. So it's about you and your accomplishment on what you can do as opposed to comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know, like, some of the younger girls, you know, they all cover up completely and then I'll go and get into their cars after the class. I'll just walk out in skimpies. <laughs> and, and they go, and they go, and I go, I don't care because like, I have gotten to that point of self-esteem where I don't care if somebody thinks I'm too old to be wearing a little itty-bitty pair of pants and a little bikini top. Like, I don't care. Mm. I'm okay, you know, I, I'm, you know, they don't like it, don't look. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I said, okay, and so this is a very key, two key elements to pole dancing. One, it is a total body workout. Every muscle and tendon in your body is getting used. And the second one is it is probably one of the very, very rare sports or exercises where you actually want cellulite and you actually want a bit of a big butt because that helps you stick on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> Like suction okay. cups. Like suction cups. <laughs> That's it. Because there's some moves you can do and because I've got a very small butt, it's like I can't do that move because my butt's just not big enough. So it's like, again, it's, it's a bit of fat is not a bad thing in pole dancing. Well, there you are, girls. Everybody listening, go and get yourself a pole or head off to a pole dancing class. And I can imagine a few people listening going, oh, my God. I, some will be going, oh, no, no, not for me. And some will be going, hmm, actually, hmm. <laughs> well, you know what? Even the ones that go, no, it's not for me. Go and give it a go. You don't know until you try. No, that's that's true. You do not know. And when you're a beginner, you just learn some very basic walking around the pole. And this is how, you know, it's all about safety. So this is how you should hold it, stuff like that. So it's not like you're expected to go upside down on your first night. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But give it a go. Yeah. Just so you, you could actually surprise yourself. I reckon you could. I think it's fantastic. And so you're taking this to the stage. You're going out and tell, sharing this with women and the whole yes. story, the whole kit and caboodle. And, the whole kit and caboodle. And what are you yep. hoping to achieve by that or what do you achieve by that? You know, like um, what, what sort of, after you've done a talk, you know, what sort of feedback are you getting from women about, you know, how you may have empowered them or what difference you've made to them? One of, one of the things that a lot of women have said was, it's nice to hear that somebody's gone through the same things that they're going through yeah. because, you know, yeah, as you know, and even though we are trying more to be open about talking about things, we still don't. Yeah. And, you know, like you, I'm very much, I'll talk about the hysterectomy I had. I'll talk, you know, whatever. It doesn't <laughs> bother me. It's my life. Yeah. And all, everything I have been through has made me who I am, so I'm not going to hide any of it. Yeah. And, you know, I've had, when I've done, you know, talks about, you know, going from, the church to 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 being a clairvoyant i'll have people going oh i found it so difficult you know i was brought up in really strict catholic and i was just so good to hear how you did this and to me and so they they know they're not alone mm, yeah and i think that's the main thing and then the next step would be that you know when people come and go oh you've inspired me oh yes i am going to go take up pole dancing or i am going to go do and so and so or you know i'm going to start the steps to get out of my depression mm. or to build up my own self-esteem and that's 
that's where I'm at because I've, I've also written um, another book, uh, The No Bullshit Guide to Self-Confidence. Again, you know, as we were talking about, it's like going, don't look at the, oh, I can't do this, but look at what if I love it? Mm. What, you know, and, and as you said in, in your intro, like, life is very short. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Don't wait for then. Do it now. Yep, yep. Now, that's a, such an important message. You know, I do a lot of talks about that too. The time's now. It's not, mm. you know, it's not... Not later. next week, no, it's not next month. Or yeah. when you pay off your, you know, your university bill or when yes. you, when the cat dies or, you know, yes. when the kids leave home or when I've won Tats Lotto, you know, it, that may never come. None of them may mm. ever come, so do it. Now, it's funny when you're talking, not funny, but when you're talking about, you know, being on stage and uh, people, you know, helping people to not feel alone. You know, my partner, Nikki, writes blogs and that's her whole thing is about um, sharing how she's feeling and mm. and the key is to help people not feel alone and and she's had so much feedback about that and i think that that's an that's underestimated and undervalued you know how important that is absolutely to, to help people not feel like they're battling something on their own or you know and i think but i think too with the way society is we're very insular yeah as well with society like you know back in the old days you know but you know before the internet and all that sort of stuff People would be chatting to their next door neighbours and checking on, you know, old Mrs Brown down the street yeah. because we all knew she's a widow. And, you know, the kids would all sort of play and intermingle and, you know, everyone would have a chat and, the, you know, the back when, you know, women mm. didn't work, I suppose, outside the home, you know, they'd have morning tea with each other yeah. and, and all those yeah. sort of things. And we've lost that. Yeah. We've lost that tribe. And it's important to have that tribe. And like I said, it takes a village to raise a child, and, and we've, but we've lost the village. Yeah, that's true. And and on top of that, we're subjected to people's highlight reels, you know. So yes. it's it's kind of like, oh, yeah, but I'm feeling this, but no one else is because mm. I saw the picture of their cat, Do you know, yes. you know, and they're smiling, having a co- coffee with yes. all their friends. Therefore, yes. they can't, which is utter bullshit. And, and if we really thought deeply about it, we'd know that that's not, not the case. But we say they're clearly not going through what I am or they clearly wouldn't understand me because they're having so much fun. So you're yes. right, there's two, two complete aspects there that have completely knocked us off our, you know, sharing with each other and talking to each other and... And we don't like to feel, as you know, as you were saying before, it's like, oh, I don't want to get the knockback that I've turned around and go, oh, look, I'm sort of really struggling today. And someone goes, oh, for goodness sake, just, you know, not that bad. Yeah. Or, you know, those sorts yep. of things. And then it's a real knockdown. And, you know, you think, oh, I won't open up again because then they're going to think I'm this depressive person. Yeah. And, yep. you know, it's – and so many people go through it and so many people have such low self-esteem. Believe me, I do so many readings for people going, when will I be happy I think that's such a sad question to mm, ask. It is, yep. You know, and or when will I lose weight? Oh, don't even start me on that. Mm, oh, I know. But it's, and, and all of it, the, hap, the happiness, the weight, it's all about our beliefs. It's all about what's here, stuck it's down internal. in there. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, happiness is nothing more than being content with your life. Yeah. In a nutshell, that's what happiness is. But people, again, I think today, they think happiness is you've got to be this big joyful person yeah. all the time. And... Yeah. It's just impo- it's just impossible. That that's yeah. just not what it is. Happiness is just going. You know, my life's pretty good. I'm pretty happy. Doesn't mean I I don't want to progress or mm. achieve something else. But I'm not basing. I'll be happy when I. It's like you'll say people put up. I'll 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 do it when the cat dies. Yeah. Instead of going, you know, I'll be happy when. I get my degree. No, you won't. If you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy when you get your degree. Exactly. That thing doesn't bring the happiness. You, you no. should be happy now while you're doing the journey. That's it. 
and it's getting that head wrapped around that different concept of it. it yeah, but it's, a, it's such a big thing, happiness, isn't it? And everyone talks about it and everyone tries to achieve it, but it's a... I remember well, I used to teach disengaged kids and there was, a, you know, three of us teachers. We'd, we'd, I brought it up one day. I said, well, what do you think happiness is? And then the other two teachers looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, well, what, what do you... How do you define it? And they couldn't. They're like, um, uh, well... I don't, oh well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe when you and I said I find it difficult. I find it's such a difficult. I said I th- I'm starting to think it's an umbrella term for multiple other words. Do you know it's 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 just something that can't be clarified. But we all chase it, and you know if, you're right. If we all chased contentment and satis- satisfaction. Yes, and that's all it is. To me, that's if it, what's happiness. Happiness is being content with your life, not thinking you need to have more or you have to have more. Being go. Life's pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, you know, not a new car would be good, but hey, the one I've got to go on, so that's good. That's literally what happens to me. That is literally what happiness is. Yeah, it's about being grateful for what you've got. Yes, but but at the same time, I know it's as easy to, easy to say that, but I fall into um, you know, ah, oh, bloody hell, you know, we all do, do you know? But it's I think the thing is, can you lift yourself back out of it? You know, can you go, hey, you know what? Stop it. Just stop it. And you can. You can. Oh, I know you can, yeah. But it's... but it's doing it. It's actually doing it. And being. And I think when you become aware of your thought processes, like I said with the whole mm. judgmental of other women, when you stop doing it and you realise that you're doing it, so you stop yourself doing it and you flip it around to a positive, mm. that's what makes a difference. So it's literally just people opening their eyes going, okay, I am obviously putting all my happiness in purchasing things yeah. or trying to achieve things. And so now every time... I start thinking like that, I've got to flip it around. Yeah. And, and, and it's, again, it's a process. It's, it's like a thought habit. And like any habit, you can change it. It's not going to happen straight away, but you just keep at it and it will change. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say not easy in the beginning, no. is it? It's, a, it's, it's practice and practice and practice. And so your thoughts are like a muscle. Just yes. Practicing and practicing, but... Now I want to talk about your because um, we could go on about happiness for maybe five years, <laughs> yeah. But um, so your books, I mean, you've got a it's a very impressive list. You know, Thank how you. to be happy, no bullshit guide to self confidence. Where did they go? Mm-hmm. Christian to Clairvoyant, mm-hmm. six easy steps to a brand new you, and there some of those are award winners. I mean, this is you know that's a, it's a wonderful set of achievements there. Thank it's, you. It's great. I want to talk about one of them. I mean, I'd love to talk about all of them. You know, it might be a podcast in each, but um, we haven't got time. But I do want to talk about where did they go. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that book because that seems to be, you know, that's got a quite a deep um, message behind it and quite a deep purpose. So mm. tell us about that one. Yes. So that book came about um, a few years ago now, um, very good friends of ours their nephew was dying of testicular cancer. Now, he was a lovely man. He was married to his childhood sweetheart and they had two little children. They had four-year-old Archie and two-year-old Stella. And he was in the last stages of his life in the hospital, in the hospice. And the nursing staff got Archie and, and Stella in and they said, you need to say goodbye to your daddy. Wow. And Archie said, why? Where's he going? And they said, he's going up into the sky. And mm-hmm. as a four-year-old does, they process things quite simplistically. Literally. Yeah. yeah, and he went, well, Daddy's going into the sky. Why can't we just catch a plane and see him? 
Mm. No, that's, that is literally a very, you said they go, well, why can't you? You know, they didn't know how to answer it. Mm. And Chris, my husband was telling me this story. He goes, oh, you know, I was just talking to, you know, Sanso and this is what's happened. And he said, you've got to write a book. You've got to write a book for Archie and Stella. I went, okay. So I went upstairs and I wrote the book. I literally wrote my, the little book in within an hour. Oh, wow. And I got my friend who was an illustrator to do the illustrations. I said to her, the key to these illustrations is I want it light and bright and happy. I want the pictures to look light and bright and happy. Yep. I don't want it to be a sad book. And so that that is how the book came about but it's just been one of those things that people just go oh I wish I'd had this when my husband died you know for my kids mm. and it is the simplest thing and the other thing that I didn't want it to be is I didn't want it to be religious because again I had been brought up with a religious belief of how what happens when you die but yeah. not not everybody is religious and a lot of people get very angry with God when someone yes. they love dies especially when it's somebody young like someone in their only you know their their early 30s yep. is dying and so I, I talk about, you know, that we're just like a human body and we ha everybody has a soul and when we die, it's just our body that goes in the ground mm. or, or, you know, whatever, but our soul goes up into the sky. You can be call it heaven, you, you know, you call it whatever you want. There's no right or wrong with it. And that soul can come back and see you. So even though you can't see them, they still see you mm. and they will always be with you. And sometimes they'll leave you little messages like, you know, you know, you know feathers and, and things like that. And it's always in a rhyme. You know, it's a rhyming book. Um, you know, I think it starts off, where is my daddy? Um, why did he die? They say he's in heaven up there in the sky. But if he's in the sky and I catch a plane, does that mean that someday I can see him again? God, that breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah, that I've actually used his words yeah. in the first two two bits of the, the book. And it's just that very simplistic thing. But what I wanted was not just, oh, that they're, this is, you know, they've died and gone to heaven, but I wanted it to be that, they can still, you know, get messages from their loved ones, which you can. Yep. Yep. And, you know, there's that thing, you know, that they're never going to be away from you. They'll always be there. And, yeah, it has been very well received. Oh, that's that's so good. I mean, you know, it's touching a bit of a raw nerve with me. Like I lost my sister when she was 33, you know, to cancer. Yes. She had um, left a, a four-year-old girl and two twin mm -hmm. seven-year-old boys, Do you, you know, and, and it was, was a little bit, um, you know, they – they went through five years of, well, four years for the girl, but um, of seeing her, do you, you know, of, of yes. experiencing that she's going to go and, do you, you know you know what I mean? And, yes. And, well, not yes. that they knew for five years, none of us did, but, you know, in the end, um, you know, we talked about, a lot about it, but it is such a difficult thing, you know, and, and now they're, now they're grown up, but it's, um, it is such a, it's such a difficult, um, difficult topic, but... Mm. And so one of the things, you know, that when you talk about messages, you know, I was preparing her um, funeral page, you know, the, the brochures that you hang out. And there was a particular photo I was looking for and I knew it was on my computer. And, you know, I could not find it anywhere until I had a little bit of a meltdown, like, oh, I can't find this bloody picture. And, you know, you know, those little timers that come up on your computer, it just suddenly appeared, this timer appeared. And and the the photo just popped up and it was like, oh wow, do you know? And that was so good because I believe you know I believe so much that they can contact you. Yes. So tell us, um, I was reading one of your blogs because on this topic and can our deceased loved ones hear us? 
So yes, share your thoughts on that because there are going to be a lot of people and, well, there's going to be a lot of people in, in different ways. Like some people listening are going to be like, oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, my, yes. my so-and-so yes. gives me signs all the time. There are going to be others who are really grieving the loss of someone and are thinking that uh, they've lost them forever, you know, and probably need yes. to hear what you've got to say. So tell us what you think about that. Yeah, sure. Okay, do our loved ones hear us? You know, yes, they do. Full stop, yes, they do. There, There is no, um, to me, there's no right or wrong or anything about it. It's just, yes, they do. But I know that especially when we're grieving and we're desperately, desperately wanting to hear from them or get a sign yeah. and then nothing seems to be happening. And I know how frustrating that is. So I've, I've always explained it this way and I go to people, this is how you communicate with your loved ones so you know that they hear you. You need to pick a sign. What is the sign that you're, you know, it could be a number, it could be a name, initials, it could be a song, you know, it could be a rainbow in the, you know, whatever, a feather, whatever you want yep. to pick. I said you pick whatever you want, whatever is relevant for you. Okay, so in this example, I'm going to use a rainbow. So what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, mum, I just need to know you're around. Can you please show me a rainbow in the next 48 hours? Give a time frame. Yep. Okay. The key is being open to the interpretation of what you asked for. So if you've asked for a rainbow and it's not going to rain, you're not going to see a rainbow in the sky. Mm. Okay. But somebody could give you a bookmark and it's got a picture of a rainbow on it. The weather picture on the news that night is a rainbow. Mm. You know, you, you go into a shop and there's a prism and it's refracting, you know, a rainbow on the wall. That's your rainbow. Yeah. That's your sign. And yeah. I think sometimes we become too literal in what we're asking for and yeah. then we go oh but they're not around and you go yes they are you know and I always say to people but the one key thing as well is don't ask them to do something that is actually impossible I don't ask them to stop the sun in the sky or you know like, <laughs> yeah, like being yeah. a little bit honest but you know I can guarantee that you know it will happen every time and I actually had a woman come and have a reading with me and her mother had actually died in childbirth with her oh, so she God. never ever had that mother-daughter relationship and she was you know, in her 40s and I explained this to her and I said no you pick whatever you want this is how you do it she came back a year later and she said I just wanted to say thank you she goes every time I've asked my mum she's shown herself wow she's responded with yep. the sign and they you know you can just say I want this favorite song you know and but don't be literal it might not be a song on the radio but you might hear somebody discussing the song or yep. you're reading an article and the song is mentioned that's your sign. Yeah. Or you're doing nothing, you're not even okay. thinking about it, and the song comes to your, yes. to your mind. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. So, you know, I say to people, that's, that is the key. And then from that, you can then turn around and go, I don't know if I should take this job or not. Yes is I see the sign and no is I don't. And just remember, if you don't see the sign, the answer is no. People seem to not realise that there are no yeah. answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean? Like sometimes things yeah. aren't meant to yeah. be. And, you know, if that sort of bit, seriously, I, I have so many i've shared that how to do that with so many people like thousands of people and they've all come back going yeah oh, it works so good when you when you take when you take that literal meaning out of it and be mm. open to me to the interpretation of it you will get your sign don't think it's a coincidence you know how every people go oh i keep hearing this song and it was our favorite song but i don't you know no, no that's them letting you know that they're around yeah yeah Oh, good. I hope this is. I hope people listening to this thinking, "Oh, I'm going to try this." Yes, I but, hope they do, and let me know, know how you go with it. Yeah, yes. guys, please try it because you know no one wants to let someone go. We've got to let people go. I mean, death is part of um, living. 
living, yes, and yeah. it's just going to happen. And you know, we're we're all headed in that direction, and none of us are getting out of here alive. But and no. we, we all hate it. You know, it's all it's one of those things that. But at the end of the day, it's I think it's better to see it with an open heart rather than. You know, to and I think I, I think it's our Western world that we're really we're, we're fearful of dying. Well, look at us; we're not allowed to get old. Look at the beauty industry; yeah. you're not allowed to have wrinkles or grey hair, for goodness' sake. Yeah. And so there's this real fear around dying, whereas other cultures just celebrate it. Mm. Like I love it in um, like New Orleans when someone dies and they're, they're playing the band and they're walking down the street playing the jazz and dancing. You know, at the, after someone's been buried. Yeah. And I just think that's great. they're celebrating their life. The one thing that I also encourage everybody to do, and this is where it becomes people go, oh, I don't want to talk about it. You go, when I die, this is what I want in my funeral. Or when yeah. I die, this is what I want you to do. To actually talk about it because so many people will come to me for a reading and go, oh, my mum's just died, but I don't know what she wants in a funeral. Mm. Or, oh, you know, my mum, what do I do with her, her ashes? Or what do I do? You know, and because they haven't discussed it. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just going to say to people, I'm a clairvoyant and I deal with this all the time. However, talking about it doesn't make it happen faster. Yeah. No, that's right. It's almost like, well, we won't talk about it because it might then happen. It doesn't work that way. But what it will give you is that peace of mind. Do you mean? Like you just have that sense of, and the other thing is talk with your loved one about what this sign is going to be. Yeah, good. Before they die. Okay. So when, when you come back, what are you going to do? What, you know, when you visit me, what are you, are you going to you know, twitch my hair? Are you going to sit on the bed? What are you going to do? And that's a beautiful thing because then you, get, you know what to look for. Yeah. You've already got it preordained and you're going to work it out and it will happen. Isn't that lovely? Mm. And do you mean, I like, okay, we're going to work this out so that, you know, we will still be able to, I'll still know that you're around. Yeah. Oh, well, you've got me all reflective, I can tell you that, but it's, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go try the, uh, you know, the feather thing or whatever. But yes, not, do it, do it. Not that I need to, because, you know, I already know she's, uh, you know, around, but around. it's not just her. It's, it's, I've, I'm very lucky I get visited by all the animals and it's I'm, ah, I'm very nice. lucky because I can feel them nudging at my leg and yes you know that sort of stuff and I just I'm just so lucky with that you know I, I, I can yes. see them talking to me I, you know, I know that sounds yeah. ridiculous but it's not ridiculous and no it's not uh, I love it so but anyway well now this um, podcast is about getting off the bench you know and you mm-hmm. have done it in multiple multiple ways but what advice would you give to anybody just thinking oh look I really want to do this I you know I want to I want to but I'm too scared you know um, I, I don't know where to start all that sort of kind of all that sort sure. of kind of stuff that's good English isn't it yeah, yeah, real good. Real yeah, good. real good English. So what, what, would, what sort of real good English would you give back? <laughs> Regardless of whatever it is that you want to do, start small. Yep. Don't, don't think the big picture. Yeah. Start small. Bring it back to something that you can actually achieve mm. and that is, is actually a little step forward because and every time you do a little step forward, congratulate yourself and, and go, yes, I've done this. Yeah. So, for instance, you know, whether, you know, somebody wants to lose weight, whether somebody wants to bungee jump you know whether somebody wants to you know do pole dancing Mm. when you first have that I think I'd really like to give xyz a go go and sign up for it yeah do it don't oh because what happens if we then start talking ourselves out of it and like like, as I said I wrote down all the things I didn't want to do in my life and that's what I actually went out and did and I really believe stop as as we were talked before don't think about oh what if it goes wrong Mm. Ask yourself, will you regret not doing this? Yep. Like, you know, give yourself onto your deathbed. Will you regret not at least trying? Because I don't see failure 
as a thing. Mm. You tried. Yeah, that's And it thing. wasn't for you. If you tried, it wasn't for you. That's great. Now you don't have to worry about that anymore and you can focus on something else. Yep. Yep. But so, and as I said, you know, the, the, the number one biggest regret of the dying is basically, you know, they worked too hard doing what they were supposed to do. They didn't actually live their life. Oh, yep. It is the biggest regret of the dying. So, you know, I say to people, ask, is it really that important to you? Will you regret not doing this? Mm. And that should be your indicator. And if you say, I th- actually think I would regret it, then just go and do it. Mm. You know, who, care, who cares if it doesn't work out? You can go, at least I tried, as opposed to those who are sitting on the couch and not doing anything. Yeah. We attach too much too much um, energy to what if it fails, don't we? Just way, yes. way, way too much. It's just... Think of all the amazing... Like I said, I moved to Queensland and everyone's like, oh, what if you hate it? Yeah, but what if we love mm. it? And, and, and like you said, just try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Work out, you like do something we, else. We attach so much to, oh, if it doesn't work, I'm such a bad person. I'm such a failure. No, mm. you're not. You're actually a champion because you did yes. it. You tried it. And if it doesn't work, who cares? Like, like that's great because now you know what you don't want. So that's exactly how I think. Yeah. That is exactly, it is. And it's just like, it's not failure. You tried and that is to be commended. Mm. Yep. Oh, I love it. Love it. Now, um, where can people find you? Because I'm sure some people are going to be wanting to look you up. So, yes, sure. I've got lots and lots of <laughs> personas. Um, Katrina Jane, Katrina with a hyphen, so Katrina Jane Clairvoyant Medium. Yeah. Facebook, and that's my website as well. Um, I do have Instagram, but it's not not huge Instagram. Uh, Facebook is my thing. Yeah. And the other one is the Motivational Woman dot com. That's all. Okay. So the. Okay. So I've got the two. The motivationalwoman.com.com dot com. so that's facebook website and also instagram and what about uh, katrinajane.com yep katrinajane.com katrina-jane.com yep. that will be you, you should pretty well find me if you put in katrina-jane clairvoyant it'll, it'll come up fantastic well i'm going to i'll be all over the place i'm going to put that in the show notes anyway so you know people yes. can click on that to find you but um mm. you know if anybody's thinking about uh, loved ones and you know or not just pole dancing you know like yes you know, you know or, I can tell you yes yeah. I'll, I'll encourage you to take up pole dancing or if you you know if you want to get a book that's um you know helps kids there's there's the book where did they go you know so it's there's there's been so many gold nuggets in this show it's just been absolutely wonderful I'm so happy that you came on and you know shared all this with everybody thank you I'm happy to be here and I think like you, you know, you and I have both had some amazing experiences in our life and I like to people people to see that I have gone through shit and I've come back through it. I'm not just someone who's gone and done, you know, a life coaching course and I get up there and expect people to do things that I've never experienced. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's the one thing that I always say to people, I will never ever tell you how to live your life mm. if I haven't experienced it and can get, offer you some tidbits that it could help you. Yeah. But we're all on our own journey and that's the main thing is, is don't compare yourself to other people. This is your journey mm. and you have to do it the best way you can. Yep, absolutely. Well, I love that bit of advice. <laughs> it's, I, it's not that easy to get that through to people's heads, but, you know. It's, it's, it's not, a... but it's just that continual thing, you know. It is just that continual thing and it's just, it is, it is actually a growth and it is a journey. That's the whole point of it. Yeah, yeah. I have to say one of my... One of the sayings I hate, you know, I, I love memes, as I said to you before, I love memes, but the one I hate is, oh, one day she decided to be happy, so she was. <laughs> like, it's just not that easy. No, it's not. That is just a, it's a shit, it's a shit 
Exactly. <laughs> it really is. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, they just woke up and decided not to be depressed anymore. No, not that easy. No, it doesn't work like it that. It is a journey. Yeah. No, it doesn't work like that at all. Yeah. You can make the decision to start to be happy. Yeah. That I'm going to try and focus on doing this, but it doesn't just, you don't just snap your fingers and you suddenly got it all together. And I think, again, that's yeah, that's a problem. People think that's how it works. That's right. And it actually causes depression. What's wrong with me? Yes. Other people can snap their yes. fingers and they're happy and yes. I can't do and it. And they're and not. And as you yeah. said, you're seeing all the highlights of people's lives instead of all the crappy bits. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I agree. Oh, well, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's a very philosophical and I've got a, got a it lot of... It was very philosophical yeah, ending. Of I've, got a, and I've got a lot of thoughts to have now, but no, this, is, yeah. no, this has been really, really good. I'm so, so, so happy to have had you on. So, No, I'm pleased. And th- thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And so, um, well, I'll catch up with you soon. You will, and we'll get more people off the couch. Yes, that's we, what we're going to do. Off the bench, we will. Yeah. Off the bench, yeah, we yes, will. we will. <laughs> yeah, we will. All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, catch See you later. later. Bye. Oh wow, guys! How was that? Now, seriously, if you have, if you know someone who's, you know, got kids that they they might be sort of having a parent die or something like that. I know it's a horrible subject, but really, it's not fair on the kids if they don't understand it, and it's not fair for the kids to just suddenly grieve like that. So this is a really good opportunity to look at that book and. It's called Where Did They Go? You know, just to make things a little bit better. And if you've got a loved one that's died and you were, I know it's a, I know it's a hard topic. It's sort of a heavy topic, but we, we make it heavier than it needs to be because particularly if the person is still around listening and they still can communicate with us, why not give it a go? Just give it a go because it makes you feel so much more at peace knowing this sort of stuff. And if you want to do pole dancing, you know, Go check out some pole dancing. It's not for me, I can tell you that. I know that I don't want to do that. But I tell you what, there might be someone who's been thinking about it. Just go and do it. And like Katrina said, you know, just give it a crack and do it in small doses. And I agree with that. You know, when you try to do something, you look at the big picture, you focus on the gap, you focus on what's between where I am now and where I need to be. And it's way too big and overwhelming. But every time you take a little step, you have a success and that builds your confidence to take the next one. So, you you know, there's so many great nuggets in that podcast and I really go check her out. So Katrina-Jane.com and TheMotivationalWoman.com and there's others, you know, the Facebook page and Insta and all that sort of stuff. Just check out Katrina-Jane, the clairvoyant, and I'm sure you're going to find her as she said. But um, what a wonderful week. Anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there. And thank you so much for joining me again. And thanks for sharing this journey. And uh, your support means means the world. So I'll catch you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.